0: Hello, Canada, and welcome to another episode of Canadian Common Sense. This is Canadian Common Sense with Louis and Tony. Well, hello, Canada. Today's date is May 11th, 2020. It's Tony here in Saskatchewan.
1: St. Louis in BC, where it is a balmy 24 degrees, bright sunshine, and it's just a beautiful day.
0: Well, that sounds fantastic, and I'm I'm glad it's a beautiful day weather-wise, because this is not a beautiful day, Podcast-wise, I'm going to just put a disclaimer out there for the audience before we start. And the media in the United States especially, but also in Canada, they always like to paint conservatives as being angry conservatives. Like you'll see a picture of Sean Hannity, he's always got a bit of a frown, his mouth is always open. You're going to have two very angry conservatives on this podcast tonight, so uh, buckle up, get ready for it. Uh, On the show tonight, we'll be talking about, God, our good friend Justin Trudeau, yet again, and his friend Jagmeet Singh, and his other friend Bill Morneau, and I guess anything else we want to
1: throw in there. So um, how are you, my friend? And I want to make one thing clear to everybody, too, before we get into it. You and I have not talked about what we're going to talk about tonight, so I have no idea what you're bringing up and you have no idea what i'm bringing up
0: yeah and that's actually a first Uh, usually we discuss before the show what we want to talk about but we're both pissed off frankly so it's uh, (laughs) it's gonna be fun
1: and and it's interesting because your intro there i actually don't know what you're talking about so because i've been i've been really busy all day i've only seen one news story and that news story made my blood boil and it was, had nothing to do with Jagmeet Singh, so.
0: <laughs> okay, well then let's start with Jagmeet Singh, because you're going to love this. Okay. Um, Jagmeet Singh and his friends at the Canadian Labor Congress, who really are just another arm of the NDP, have suggested now, given what's happened in Ontario and Quebec, and given that the nursing homes, long care facility, or long-term care facilities, sorry, are uh, are responsible for the overwhelming majority of fatalities due to (laughs) COVID-19, get this, all long-term care facilities should be government-owned and government-run. Mr. Singh, are you drunk? Are are, are you drunk right now? Uh, Let me look at your eyes. Uh, I mean, I, I almost... Yeah, like I'm almost speechless when I heard that, so I've had the day to absorb it. And... I guess from my end, because um, as you know, most of our audience who's been with us for a while knows, my mom is in a long-term care facility, which is not government-owned and run, but one of the first ones she was in was actually a government-run one, and it was horrible. And it's not that she was starved or neglected, but it's just, there was, the facility itself was very dated. It was, it's just, it looked unkept. I mean, it was it was clean enough, but it looked like it was something out of the fifties, and they didn't have the same att- attentive care as what she's had in in the private sector homes that she's been in. So, from my experience, big no, Mister Singh, hard no.
1: Yeah, and um, there's, I know something out here has ha- has happened in BC too, where they've they've actually. Uh, the BC government, and here is where the whole NDP uh, ideology starts coming into play. I mean, they've been the BC government has been great up until now. Um, they have mandated that long-term care facilities and seniors' uh, villages uh, that the workers must make a minimum wage of uh and i oh geez i can't remember what it is but i think it's 28 bucks an hour um, and so that and that goes for privately owned uh facilities as well and my my uh my grandmother is in a uh seniors village and um the facility she's in has already had to cut back services. They've already had to cut back um, uh, the medical attention that they get because of budget constraints. And now the provincial government has made, has has almost doubled the minimum wage for workers in these facilities. And so they're going to have to raise rents and uh, and frankly, my grandmother can't afford that anymore. Uh, if they have to raise the rent, and they're or or they're going to have to, or and and or they're going to have to cut back services even further.
0: Well, yeah, and this is what I hate when governments have to start meddling in the affairs of of the market. And I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm cruel, but you can't just come in and mandate that we're going to double wages in overnight or we're going to increase wages even 20% overnight because as a business you can't just budget for that because like you say now they're going to have to be reactionary and suddenly start jacking up rents and cutting back staff services and the problem is just going to end up snowballing on itself
1: yeah absolutely
0: what a ridiculous I mean, they, move
1: but the, but the thing is is that the government governments don't they don't think like business people. So, I mean, they, they, they barely think. Yeah, that's so, true. And, and I mean, we've seen that a lot in the last few weeks here. Um, especially yeah, with the federal and,
0: uh, Well, exactly. That's probably going to take up the bulk of our show today is, is our federal government because they made so many moves over the weekend that just got me absolutely furious. And, yeah, it's hard
1: even to know where to start. I, well, um, I'll tell you where I want to start. I want to start do- because I, w- I want to start with the thing that makes me the least angry, and it <laughs> makes me very angry. Um, so the thing, the, the the story that makes me the least angry is the one that Pierre Pauliev broke last week, and that is the uh, the uh, construction of a new well multi-million dollar mansion uh, at the Prime Minister's cottage. Oh, yes. Uh, That's at, um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Harrington Lake. Yeah, Harrington Lake. And it's just across the border from Ottawa, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, and they found it by looking at satellite imagery from Google maps where two years ago or however many years ago when, when the first photo was taken, it was an empty field. And the newest Google maps shows, oh, there's a giant building there now. And, uh, and so they, so Pierre Polyev posted this on Twitter uh the liberals completely denied it they denied the building even existed and then when they were basically you know I mean how do you how do you refute satellite imagery yeah. so they they decided well okay yes, a summer cottage was moved from down the road onto the property and uh, and that's it. And yeah. now, they've, now they've admitted that it's a two and a half million dollar mansion. Yeah, and didn't they try to make some
0: kind of excuse for it too, saying that, oh, it was it was like for workers or for staff or something silly yeah. like that?
1: Yeah, and now we find out it's for visiting dignitaries. Yeah. Which <laughs> I, I'm, I'm having a hard time believing too. Oh, exactly,
0: yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, I don't begrudge the prime minister having a nice place to stay while 24 Sussex is being renovated, but he's got that in Rideau cottage. So what yeah. the hell do you think we're doing spending two and a half million taxpayer dollars to bring a big lavish building to what is supposed to be your summer cottage? Like I think summer cottage, I think you've got a 300 square foot cabin sitting beside a lake. And then maybe there's indoor plumbing.
1: Yeah. Am I wrong? But even, like... but, even but even if, um i even even if they deemed it something that was necessary fine i don't have a problem with that but why lie about it why try to deny that it even exists yeah good point i mean they and they lied about it twice before coming clean
0: Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean. And of course. If they even bother to apologize, it would just be, "Oh, I'm sorry, I got caught."
1: Yeah. I mean. So what's what's the deal with them? You know, God, the liberals sure love to spend money. You know, like they sure love to spend money. Oh yeah. I mean, they they they, they it, spending ten million dollars on twenty four Sussex Drive wasn't enough. Right. I mean, they got to go and spend two and a half million dollars on this mansion at Harrington Lake. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just nonstop.
0: It really is. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, and that's our emperor. And since we're talking about our, our Supreme leader.
1: Well, well and but I just, I also want to make one, oh, you one little point is that these are the same people that went after Bevoda's head over a $17 glass of orange juice.
0: Yeah, that's right. And she ended up resigning over that. Yeah. And uh, actually Pierre Polyev did a tweet about that too. And he had said that, you know, these same people who were, you know, talking down Bev Oda think that we're being petty by, by bringing up this two and a half million dollar (laughs) mansion.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's discuss the one thing that pissed me off the least about Justin Trudeau this weekend. And it actually, it, it creeps me out as much as anything else. And yesterday just made me roll my eyes. But Saturday in his daily address to the nation, he leaned into the camera. And he's looking a little unkempt these days. His hair is pretty scruffy and he's got that beard going on. And so you've got this middle-aged man who's graying in the beard, scruffy hair, leans in toward the camera and says, Mummies, I, I want you to leave the room right now. I want to talk to your kids. And I'm just thinking, are you the clown from It? Are you going to lean in and offer the kids ice cream or something, you creep? And it turns out that, okay, he wanted to to talk to the kids about Mother's Day being on Sunday. But when he literally leans into the camera and says, Mums, I want you to leave the room. I want to talk to your kids. I'll give you a minute. It's like, can you possibly get more creepy? And, oh, it just made me... You know it just it what it does is when he says crap like that, it makes me start to believe all these different allegations about him and his behaviors at the Point Grey Academy in Vancouver, brings back memories of Rose Knight at the uh Coconut Music Fest in Creston, which I'm never gonna forget, nor will I ever stop reminding you, Canada, about him groping that poor reporter in two thousand and one. And it just makes me think, You're the you're supposed to be this professional. You're the leader of our country and here you are creeping on our kids on on national
1: TV. Yeah, it was it was a little strange. I mean, I'll I'll give him a pass on that. He was trying to be cute, but it was it was uh, it was it, it just it fell flat. It was lame. And oh yeah. Uh, but I mean, the thing that the thing that I find really stupid and irritating is this whole homework help thing.
0: Oh. Um <laughs> I loved it. I had a great time with that. But
1: carry on. <laughs> oh my god, what a joke. Oh yeah. You know, he's like, Oh, because I'm a teacher, I want your kids, if they're stuck on uh, a a school problem, to to send it to me and I'll see if I can help. <laughs> yeah. You you were a teacher for five minutes and you taught drama, you moron.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> I mean, This is is the, he's he's loving this uh, daily, his daily uh, news brief where he gets to be the spokesperson for the government. And that's what he wanted in the first place was just to be a spokesperson. And he's doing it now.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's exactly what he likes doing and enjoys doing. And as I said before, it creeps me out. And yeah, he wants to say he was a teacher. Um, and I don't know, I mean, is he trying to say that we need to value teachers more because he was one once? And huh, again, Point Grey Academy. But I, uh, if you went on Twitter and, and punched in the hashtag Canada Homework Help, and then you'll see a ton of tweets, and mine is among them, asking all kinds of very pointed political questions and I haven't got a response yet. And, and I really want some help with mine. So uh, I'm a little upset at the prime minister actually. Yeah.
1: I, uh, <laughs> I saw yours and I thought it was quite funny, yeah, <laughs> but, but very true.
0: <laughs> yeah. And um, it really bugs me the way he's, I mean, he's really enjoying being the center of attention. And I think that's, there's my epiphany. I think that's what it is. He likes being the center of attention. And with yeah. these little daily news conferences and no chance for Andrew Shear to, to rebut anything, he gets to be the center of attention. And it drives me
1: insane. And Yeah, and he's, and he's always got that smug look on his face that you just want to smack off him. Exactly, yeah.
0: And speaking of that smug look on his face – there was an article by John Iveson, in I think it was Thursday's National Post, suggesting that perhaps Justin Trudeau is gearing up to call a snap election. Now, I when I texted that to you, I can't repeat what your reaction was on public airwaves, but I feel the same way. And I thought I'd bring that up because, well, A, I want to get your thoughts on it. But while nothing would surprise me from Justin Trudeau, because he has been the absolute worst not just Prime Minister of Canada, worst leader of any country in the history of mankind, as far as I'm concerned. But I uh, I could actually well, see him doing this because I think
1: that I, he's I arrogant I enough. I don't, he's, I don't know if he's the worst. I mean, there was, uh, you know, Mao. Chairman Mao Yeah, okay. And Hitler and Pol Pot, yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. And Mussolini and. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think you went a little overboard there. Um, he's he is the worst prime minister Canada's ever had, maybe outside oh, yeah. of Kim Campbell, outside of Kim Campbell or uh, uh, Joe Clark. But um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, but for him to call a snap election, I would not doubt it at all. I think he's going to do it before. Uh, the conservatives really have a chance to get their new leader out there. Um, and I think that he's going to do it while his poll numbers are still riding high from, from, uh, from the pandemic, because I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's true. His poll numbers are through the roof and it's because people are fooled by pomp and circumstance.
0: Yeah. And you know, I he's, he's cynical enough to, to do it too. I mean, he's he, I mean, you shouldn't even say cynical. He's arrogant enough to call a snap election. Cause I could see him saying that, Oh, I need a majority mandate to deal with this debt crisis that you brought on yourself. Yeah. You know, numb nuts. Yeah. Well, and uh, I mean, there's,
1: there's a few problems. I mean, he's, he's, uh, I, I, I the reason I fear for the next election and it doesn't matter when it happens. I'm, I'm afraid of the next, the results of the next election, regardless of whether it's this year or if it's two years down the road or three years down the road. Um, And the reason is, is because when he attempted to become a dictator in the middle of COVID-19, his poll numbers didn't falter. And when he, just arbitrarily banned 1,500 different rifles two weeks ago, his poll numbers didn't falter. And he did that by circumventing Parliament and thumbing his nose at democracy. And his numbers are not faltering. And that scares the living hell out of me. What are Canadians... Willing to accept. It yeah. sounds like a lot. Sadly,
0: that's that's exactly it. I mean, yeah, we're they just seem to want to bend over and take it. And so here's something. You, you mentioned the, uh, the firearms ban. That just tripped my memory, so I have to do a sidebar here. My apologies, Canada. It just came out today that they were saying that the Nova Scotia shooter had four firearms three of which illegally entered Canada from the United States. Firearm number four was from Canada. Guess what, folks? Firearm number four was the weapon, the service revolver he took from the RCMP officer he killed. But let's not put that out in the media for, for all to hear because then it'll sound like all the, you know, these, this, this evil gun owner. So basically all the guns he got, he got illegally smuggled in from the States. And if you're going to count the service revolver he stole off of Constable Stevenson, God rest her soul. That's really cynical.
1: Yeah. That's disgusting, actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, I mean, uh, that you're, you're politicizing this tragedy and unnecessarily.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, and, and here's the thing. Cause when Bill Blair was asked on, uh, on CTV power play, They asked him, uh, you know, would this gun ban have helped stop the Nova Scotia shooting from ever occurring? And he replied, yes. And they said, how, when the weapons were smuggled in from the United States illegally? And he said, well, the report isn't out on that yet, but when it is, you'll understand why we banned these weapons. And I'm sorry, well, the report's out now, and I don't understand.
0: No, I don't either. And, uh, you know, and I think you mentioned this in our last episode, what a disappointment Bill Blair has been. Like, you would think someone who had such a distinguished career as chief of the Toronto Police Service would have been excellent as a cabinet minister, especially in a portfolio like public safety or whatever the roles he's had. And he has been an absolute embarrassment as far as I'm concerned.
1: He's been abysmal. Totally. He's, I mean, some of the things that come out of his mouth, you go, how were you ever a police chief? Like, (laughs) like the stuff that he says is so counter to what my friends who are police officers have to say. It's ridiculous. Like he's, he, but but you know what? I do remember, and, and, and this I remember this after our last show, um, I do remember back when he was the police chief in uh, Toronto and some of the things that he advocated for. And I think he, he's always been nuts because he, I mean, he, he advocated for a complete ban of all weapons, if I remember correctly. Oh. Like, of all weapons. He, 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 he advocated for a complete ban of all firearms in Canada. And he also advocated for, um, uh, oh, street racing. So if you were doing more than 20 kilometers an hour over the speed limit, it would be considered street racing. And the you would have your vehicle impounded and sold off. Whoa. And, and he advocated for that. I remember him advocating for that and I was thinking, wow, you are, you're a lunatic. No kidding. Jeez. Yeah.
0: <laughs> huh? Well, all right then. Um, so I want, uh, you know, and thank you Canada for letting us have this sidebar. I want to move next to, I guess this isn't even Justin Trudeau pissing me off. This was Bill Morneau. And I'm not sure if you heard the announcement this morning, um, but Bill Morneau was actually up there to announce. It's not even an aid package so much as it's just low interest loan guarantees for larger businesses. So I'll, did you hear this one, Lewis, this morning? Or, yeah,
1: um, No, I, I think I, well, I saw it about five minutes before we started the show and I only briefly read the, the, uh, the first couple paragraphs. So it, go ahead.
0: Okay. So put yourself in the, with, in the, in the seat of a, a large corporation, and if you decide you want a little bit of bridge financing at, at 0% to help get you through some of the some of the, the hiccups you've had, and Bill Morneau says, well, we can help you out, but you, Lewis, are going to have to show us your detailed financial statement uh, to prove that you're not trying to avoid or evade taxes, and you have to promise that you're not going to reward CEOs or executives because executive compensation is not allowed for this from this loan and oh by the way you need to show us your climate change plan to make certain that you uh, that we know you are going to be a good steward of the climate and make certain that uh, you show us exactly how you're going to be reducing emissions and contributing to a cleaner earth by having this this loan money and basically open your books up so we can you know kind of tell you how to spend this money and then we'll uh, we'll look at giving you a loan. Are you in? Okay.
1: I I want to just clarify that the thing that made me the angriest was, uh, remember we talked at the beginning of the show about what was the made me the least angry? <laughs> this is actually what made me the most angry. Because now that you detailed it, the provision, th- this is where, this is the thing that the article I saw that actually made me really angry. And that was the provision that you must... Uh, prove that you are helping fight climate change yeah because you know what in my opinion and
0: this is just probably because i'm from the prairies we're we're out in oil country that provision right there is to prevent anybody in the oil and gas sector from applying
1: yeah he's he's like how is how did elizabeth may get them to do this exactly yeah and we're going we're going to
0: talk about her after we're done this topic too by the way just to tease that out Canada <laughs> sorry go ahead
1: yeah yeah but because this is this is absolutely wrong like this is this is so wrong i can't even put it into words how wrong well is. exactly
0: yeah i mean and even i'm i was actually angry enough just hearing them say that old companies have to open up their financials. And then he used, then he, you know, again, wanted to call it big businesses, tax cheats. It's bad enough. He called small businesses, tax cheats. Well, I guess that was true. Justin Trudeau, but still it's like, how can a government be so anti-business and still claim to be, you know, interested in free enterprise and democracy? Like, we need to see your full financial statements before we'll consider a loan.
1: Screw you. Um, yeah, li- that's none of your goddamn have, business. Liberals have always been pro-business. True. I, they, they were always pro-business, but, but they've, they've gone off the deep end. Like Under Trudeau, they have become what the NDP used to be. Because the NDP yeah. are basically the NDP are basically communists now, so the the liberals are what the NDP used to be now, and it's and it's crazy because they're anti business, totally anti business.
0: Well, they are. And what bugs me was that when they gave money to Bombardier. I can't even remember which time because they continue to do it, but there was... A- Sorry,
1: they're anti-business unless you're Quebec. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and this is where I'm going with that. They gave Bombardier a bailout a few years back, and I mean, one of the many, and Bombardier took that bailout money and within days gave bonuses to, to all the entire board of directors, and I remember just being furious at the time, thinking, okay, that's all taxpayer money, which is supposed to be helping you get out of a financial crunch and you just give millions of dollars and bonuses to your, to your CEO and, and board of directors, like, and, you know, Justin Trudeau crickets. Yeah. Like it's just, uh, yeah, that, that got me heated up enough. But then you look at this and yeah, it's, it's almost like the government saying, well, put us in charge of your financials. And then we can start talking about helping you out to get through this crisis. Like get out of my boardroom right now. Out, sorry, thank yeah. you. Security, like, yeah, un- no, unbelievable.
1: It is absolutely unbelievable. I just, this government is so um, off the rails. It's being led by a child. It's got a lunatic for a minister of uh, uh, of public safety. It's got a moron for the minister of finance. Yeah, I mean, this is this is. I I don't know how their support continues to be really high. Like they would win a majority government right now if there was an election. And
0: I I don't actually, that one it. I could actually explain. And the reason their support oh, free stuff. well the free stuff and because we're in this pandemic, it's a national crisis. So there's lots of wrapping ourselves in the flag. So people just want the stability. So I actually get why it is that you go with the current government we have because Trudeau has a daily condescension to to the masses and the you know, media gives absolutely zero opportunities for Andrew Scheer to rebut anything that Mr. Trudeau has to say. So I get the whole polling numbers things. And actually, Daryl Bricker, who is, uh, I think he's the CEO of Ipsos. He's with Ipsos at any rate. He's always a spokesperson. And even he says that, there's no, there's really no value in counting polls right now. Cause Francois Legault is polling in the nineties percentages right now. And he said, Justin Trudeau wow. is in the high seventies. And as he said, these, these are just unrealistic numbers. And he says, yeah, once the pandemic yeah. is over, things will start to go back to normal. So that goes back to what we talked about earlier, which is why Justin Trudeau probably does want to have an election call sooner than later, because everything will be to his advantage. Conservative disarray, you know, the, uh, pandemic high as, as it were so um yeah i mean as, as much as i want to discount the polling numbers i get why uh politicians could easily get drunk off of them
1: yeah and i mean it, it's uh, i don't know it's just so frustrating watching everything going on and people going oh i think i think Justin Trudeau has been doing a great job really yeah, because I can I can give you a long list of things he's done wrong during this whole thing.
0: Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, in, in my rant yesterday, I mentioned, uh, you know, this year's budget deficit project projection so far is, you know, two hundred and fifty two billion dollars. So, um,
1: yeah. And the parliamentary budget officer said that it could easily reach three hundred
0: billion. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, that's. Yeah.
1: yeah, that is just so that everybody knows that is like a 40% increase or no not sorry not 40 35% increase in our national debt
0: yeah wow yeah actually that will be that will bring our national debt to a trillion dollars if we get that to over just well it be just we're currently about 680 so i guess if we get the the deficit this year over 300 then we'll be at a trillion dollars in debt
1: yep Man. a trillion dollars amazing so
0: um all right so i did say uh we talk about elizabeth May, and speaking of saying are you drunk um so elizabeth and <laughs> east, east francois blanchette had their little pressure last week which i blasted them about on the weekend on friday but then he's east, east francois blanchette actually decided he would double down on his arrogance while talking with your friend vashi on the weekend and uh, oh my god you sent me the video so i'll let you take the ball and run with this one
1: yeah it's the most arrogant answer i have ever seen oh yeah um uh, not just arrogant but condescending and um oh there's another word i'm looking for um
0: you need to find it because I can't
1: use the words that I have for him right now on, on public yeah, airways. It is absolutely disgusting. And so Vashi Capellos uh, asked him, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember her, what her exact question was, but it was along the lines of you know, um, here, half of the oil that Alberta imports or sorry half of the oil that Quebec imports is from Alberta so you know they should uh, be why, why wouldn't they want to have the pipeline uh, bringing Alberta oil in or something like that and he cut her off twice and said oh how many times do I have to say this and says you know they don't give us their oil We buy it. We pay them for it. So they should be thanking us.
0: Yeah. And he even said, and we pay the full price. Like what you expect some kind of a discount. And yes, Alberta should be saying, thank you. Um, How about you say, thank you for the tens uh, tens of billions of dollars in transfer payments that Alberta sends to you from that oil revenue every year, you arrogant dick. Let's just uh, put it that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he's a condescending jackass. I mean, because that, the way he, the way he spoke to Vashi was, was, uh, he was rude. He was very rude to her. Yeah. And then the, and then the answer on top of it was just, uh, a disgusting display of arrogant condescension.
0: Yeah. Alberta should be thanking us. Um, yeah. I I don't even have yeah,
1: words. Between between him and Elizabeth May they said that no federal help should be given to businesses in the oil patch. And and Justin Trudeau gave them their their wish.
0: Well yeah. yeah. I mean it's a oil is dead. Um no and if, those of you who heard my rant on the weekend no oil demand is actually set to or, or projected to grow for the next 30 years why wouldn't we want to get in on that we've got the third largest known oil reserves in the world and we've got the most we also
1: have extremely strict environmental controls that other countries like saudi arabia and venezuela don't have exactly
0: yeah like um honestly we have the the cleanest oil in the world not the dirtiest
1: yeah exactly and why and 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 i mean half of quebec's oil comes from places like venezuela and saudi arabia why would we not want to have a hundred percent of the oil that quebec uses come from canada cleaner it doesn't have to go on a tanker oh wait yeah right now it does because they're going to be shipping the oil from vancouver this is oil that's coming from alberta is getting piped to vancouver it's going on to oil tankers they are floating those boats all the way down to the Panama Canal, through the Panama Canal, and up the East Coast, dodging icebergs to get it to a uh, to the uh, Irving Oil Refinery.
0: Isn't that ridiculous? And when I heard that, I just, I mean, I can't even shake my head about it anymore because it's it's, the stupidity is it's, it's, it's unfathomable. I can't, you cannot measure the level of stupidity in having to do that just to get Canadian oil across Canada uh,
1: it's yeah yeah there aren't even words canada is broken oh totally i'm sorry but it is canada is broken yeah i mean when you when you have someone going for a walk with their dog and they can get a ticket for it but people can try to set trains on fire and nothing and they don't even get a talking to or you've got some a company proposing to build a pipeline, but the government makes it so impossible that they just go, we're done, and then the government has to buy the pipeline. Or you want another pipeline to go across Canada to bring clean Canadian oil, to, or ethical oil, as I like to call it. It is. Canadian ethical oil to the East Coast so that they don't have to import it from Saudi Arabia and Venezuela, and but the government changes the rules fourteen times during the process, and they just walk away from it. I mean, this this country's broken; it's absolutely broken.
0: Yep, and let's add to that list that uh, Trudeau, the panderer with even with this latest ban on firearms, and I actually have to touch on one more set of rifles that now looks like it's going to be banned just because of the regulations but the firearms ban of course wasn't blanket across the board and we had discussed this in our last show well if you're first nations you can you can keep those those rifles to hunt for your livelihood but if you're not first nations those guns should not be used for hunting what the yeah. what the actual hell um racist much yeah. like
1: yeah well, and, and I mean, like, there was, uh, people have gone through the list, and I mean, I think we mentioned this last week, that one of the guns banned is actually not even a gun, it's a website. Right. Um, the, the, uh, they said that no shotguns were uh, banned, but um, according to the RCMP, 10 gauge shotguns, like semi-automatic shotguns, and. Uh, possibly even some 12 gauge shotguns are now banned because yeah. their bore diameter is more than tw- uh, 20 millimeters.
0: Yeah, that's where I was going to go. Is I say, yeah, the most most uh, gun owners have a 12 gauge shotgun, and now those will now be on the list if they don't have a choke on them. Well, most of them have removable chokes, so now those those shotguns with that 20 millimeter bore are. Now going to be prohibited as well. So now you've just made a whole new
1: swath of criminals. Well, and if you've got if you've got a twelve gauge shotgun that has a it has interchangeable uh, chokes, then the bore on those are, I believe, twenty one point five millimeters, which is a whole millimeter and a half more than the ban that the uh, yeah. that the liberals brought in.
0: Exactly. So, most
1: twelve gauge. Uh, if, if your twelve gauge does not have removable or interchangeable chokes, it's an eighteen point five millimeter bore. If you if they have interchangeable chokes or removable chokes, the bore can be up to twenty one and a half or twenty two millimeters even.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, and again, when I mean, we discussed this on our last show, so we don't have to beat it too much. But I mean, you've if we had a leader, or even advisors to that leader, that had two brain cells to rub together, they would have seen this coming. And or maybe they did, and they just wanted to sneak that in and go, "Oh, whoops, we didn't realize that." But oh well, give it, hand it over. And it's time to yeah, it's time to I, say I, no.
1: I I saw a great meme on uh, Facebook where it said, "When when when a, a driver." You know, hits uh, hits somebody and kills them. They you blame the driver. When somebody, uh, uh, I can't even remember. There was like there was like two or three examples of things that people do that kill somebody, and you blame the person. But when someone shoots somebody. You blame
0: the gun yeah no i think i saw that one too yeah drunk driver blame the blame the person stabbing blame the person and then we'll do whatever the other one was and then yeah firearm yeah. blame the gun like um well that doesn't make any sense
1: yeah. exactly yeah 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 it's it's well, ridiculous yeah so there's yeah and now and now i don't know if you've heard about this but the uh the wet sweat uh elected chiefs are calling for the uh minister of uh of Indian Affairs to step down because of the deal that they struck with the uh so called hereditary chiefs that we've that were finding out kind of got their titles in a very crooked manner. But, yeah. That I'd heard. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's just a mess. And that's and that go, and that's another thing that just goes to show how broken Canada is.
0: Yeah, it really is, and it's sad to say, but uh you're absolutely right. And actually that's probably just as good a spot as any to to wrap up the show. We're just about at our time here. And you know, for those of us who are let's say you'd have to be almost forty or, or older to remember the Meach Lake Accord. If you thought Canada was broken with the breakdown of the Meech Lake Accord, that pales in comparison to the situation this country finds itself in today. Yeah, it's uh, it's sad. I mean, I I can't even try to put on a happy face and say that we'll get through this because
1: I don't know that we will. No, I, I don't either. And and especially if you look at if you listen to all the 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 financial guys like Michael Campbell. Peter Schiff, Mike Maloney. These are like really top-notch financial uh, experts. And they are all saying that this coming winter, we're going to be having hyperinflation because of the the way that government, central banks are just printing money.
0: Yeah. And I, I can see that coming. I can believe that.
1: Yeah. And they said, we're in for a world of hurt. We're We're not even seen the beginning of it yet
0: well and sadly you and I have been so, saying that as well I mean not the hyperinflation part but that this country is in for a world of hurt and the crises that are coming up are uh well it, it's scary and I mean I, again those things were like what you always say don't want to be right but we're going to be right sure. about some of the crises that are coming up and it uh it bothers me honestly Yeah,
1: you know, it scares the hell out of me yeah
0: so uh, oh. anyway, sorry to leave you on I'm a
1: that's enough. right. Sorry to leave you on a sour <laughs> note, Canada.
0: But uh, well, sometimes we yeah. have to do that. So uh, thank you all for joining us, yeah. and until the next time, um, t- Tony in Saskatchewan
1: and Lewis in
0: BC. Good night, Canada.